Saturday, March the 27th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Japan approves record budget and Dominion Voting System sues Fox. First, the week in brief. Japan's parliament approved a record budget worth 106.6 trillion yen, $976 billion, for the fiscal year starting on April 1st, which includes 5 trillion yen of pandemic-related emergency spending. Three separate COVID-19 packages worth more than 300 trillion yen were rolled out during the current fiscal year. The country is facing a slump after a state of emergency was imposed in some areas in January. Taiwan reported the largest ever incursion into its airspace by the Chinese Air Force, 20 planes including four capable of dropping nuclear bombs. Over the past year, Taiwan has reported near-daily forays by Chinese pilots between the main island and the Taiwanese-controlled Pratas Island in the South China Sea. Germany tightened control of its borders amid fears that a third wave of COVID-19 could lead to 100,000 infections a day if the virus is left unchecked. Random checks and compulsory tests will be enforced on the French border, and negative tests will be required for arrivals at airports from Tuesday. Joe Biden accused Republicans in Georgia of implementing, quote, Jim Crow voting restrictions in the state. New laws will limit the number of drop boxes, require absentee voters to produce photo identification, outlaw the giving of food and water to those standing in line to vote, and several other measures believed to disproportionately affect black voters. Republicans lost both Senate races in November's election. Dominion Voting Systems filed a lawsuit worth $1.6 billion against Fox News. The voting technology company alleges that the television network, quote, recklessly disregarded the truth by spreading, quote, lies about its technology being used for voter fraud in last year's American presidential election. Smartmatic, another election technology company, filed a similar suit against Fox News in February. Alex Salmond, the former First Minister of Scotland, launched a new pro-independence party, ALBA. Mr Salmond claims it could increase the number of separatists elected to the Scottish Parliament in May. But his breakaway movement underlines divisions among nationalists. This week, Nicola Sturgeon, his successor as First Minister and leader of the Scottish National Party, was cleared of breaching the ministerial code in handling harassment complaints against him. And WeWork, an office rental firm, will merge with a special-purpose acquisition company, BoX, in a deal worth $9 billion in preparation for a stock market listing. WeWork had planned an initial public offering in 2019 after receiving funding from SoftBank, a Japanese technology investment group, but investors became wary of its growing losses and it cancelled its flotation. BoX's shares were up around 20% at market close. Now, here's today's agenda. Behind the Mask, an explosive book about Rwanda's president. Paul Kagame's admirers say that as ruler of Rwanda, a once benighted land, he is beneficent, even benevolent. Not if you believe even half of Do Not Disturb, a new study of his government by Michelle Arong, a journalist. Under her scrutiny, Mr Kagame has almost no redeeming features. 
Brought up among Tutsi exiles in Uganda, Rwanda's neighbour to the north, in this telling he was the school sneak. He rose in the Ugandan intelligence service, then Mr Kagame reconquered Rwanda. As a disciplinarian leader, she reports, he was known to comrades as Pilato, after Pontius Pilate, for overseeing punishments while washing his hands of moral responsibility. He is blasted, too, as a menace in the region. He should bear the bulk of guilt, reckons Ms. Wrong, for a high death toll in civil wars initiated mainly by him in Congo. This book, full of detailed research, will enrage Mr. Kagame and rattle his friends at home and abroad. After the fact, children under fire. The pandemic brought a lull in mass shootings, but two within a week of each other have brought gun violence back to the forefront of public discourse. Adding to the debate is Children Under Fire by John Woodrow Cox, a journalist at the Washington Post. Based on his Pulitzer-nominated series, Mr Cox's timely book illustrates the psychological impact of shootings on American children. According to Giffords, a gun safety advocacy group, three million children are directly exposed to shootings every year. But Mr Cox goes beyond facts and figures with the stories of two children suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder after their loved ones were shot and killed. They and their families must now contend with what in all likelihood will be a lifetime of distress. While Mr. Cox makes some policy recommendations in his book, his accounts of these anguished children are his most vivid argument in favour of gun control. Toppling Statues, the Albra Beach Sculptures Sir Anthony Gormley, creator of the largest sculpture in Britain, Angel of the North, has called for a quartet of his works to be removed from public view after they were displayed on a beach in Suffolk, England. The four cast-iron pieces named Oval, Peg, Penis and Snowman were arranged on the sand at Albra Beach by Caroline Wiseman, a local art collector. In the haze of lockdown, Ms Wiseman thought the installation would bring, quote, cultural benefit to the town, apparently modelling the exhibit on Another Place, Sir Anthony's seaside statues in Liverpool, 373 kilometres away. Albra residents disagreed, likening the pieces to giant rabbit droppings and sex toys. A letter from Sir Anthony's representative has made clear the beach display is, quote, not authorised because it, quote, completely compromises the artist's original intention behind the work. Ms Wiseman responded by selling the statues and told Sir Anthony, quote, most artists would be delighted to have something on Albra Beach. Ring of Clean Water, Filtering Water with a Tree Just beneath a tree's bark lies the sapwood, the outer living layer of xylem tissue. Xylem acts as the arteries of the plant, moving water and nutrients around the tree. Its porous membranes are also a natural sieve. A new report in Nature Communications, a journal, shows how this natural filtering ability can be harnessed to clean water for humans. By itself, xylem that is used to filter water quickly becomes clogged. But engineers discovered that immersing xylem samples in hot water and ethanol stopped this from happening. In tests, xylem filtered out 99% of microbes, including rotavirus, a diarrheal pathogen that kills hundreds of thousands of children each year. At workshops in India, where 160 million people drink dirty water, the xylem filters earned local approval by reliably cleaning 10 to 15 litres of tap water per day.
The engineers want to equip locals to mass-produce filters from trees. Success could prevent millions of avoidable deaths. A racing finish, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Will this be Lewis Hamilton's last year in Formula One? This is the biggest question on the grid as the new season begins in Bahrain on Sunday. Sir Lewis, who was knighted at New Year, is already an all-time great. He has won more Grand Prix and secured more pole positions than anyone else. Should he win his eighth Drivers' World Championship, he would overtake Michael Schumacher, also on seven. Sir Lewis recently extended his contract with Mercedes, but only for one year, and this year will be a slog with 23 races rather than the usual 20 or 21. New regulations on car design and team budgets are due in 2022 to make the races more competitive. A bunch of exciting young drivers, including George Russell and Charles Leclerc, are eyeing Sir Lewis's seat. Mercedes will not want to miss out on signing the next star. The champion's departure on a high might suit everyone. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Adrienne Rich, who died on this day in 2012. Lying is done with words, and also with silence. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.